0: Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announces that he is leaving Congress. Two men take the top spots in a women's cycling race. Plus, FBI Director Christopher Wray gets roasted on Capitol Hill. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13 minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with news today that ousted former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will not seek re-election. And not only that, McCarthy will be leaving Congress at the end of this year. Now, McCarthy broke the news in a Wall Street Journal opinion piece, but also posted a video message as well, where he touted the accomplishments of the US House under his leadership.
1: I'm proud of what we have accomplished. We won a House majority twice. We elected more Republican women, veterans, and minorities to Congress than ever before. We reduced the deficit by over $2 trillion while protecting the full faith and credit of our nation. We kept our government operating and our troops paid while wars broke out around the world.
0: Wow. What that part of his message really meant? was that the House passed continuing resolution after continuing resolution to keep the government on its spending spree and caved to just about every Joe Biden demand on the budget during so-called negotiations. In closing his message to his supporters, McCarthy added this.
1: While I'll be departing the House at the end of this year, I will never ever give up fighting for this country that I love so much to all those who have supported me through the years especially our constituents thank you from the bottom of my heart we did our part and when the stakes were the highest we rose to the challenge we were willing to risk it all no matter the odds no matter the personal cost simply put we did the right thing
0: i don't even know how to respond to that clip did the right thing in situation after situation, the right thing was not done. McCarthy made concessions in order to finally attain the speakership. He went back on those concessions. It's really quite simple. Now, reaction to McCarthy's announcement has been strong, and it mainly centers around one word or sentiment, in particular, selfish. Selfish because the thin Republican House majority will now get even thinner. Monica Crowley put it this way on X. Republicans bounced George Santos. Kevin McCarthy is leaving this month. Bill Johnson is retiring. This will leave the GOP with a one-seat majority. Democrats would never do their voters like this. These people don't give a bleep about us or the country. In fact, they revel in sticking it to us and the country. Disgusting. Crowley is right, and she's not alone. Santos needed his full day in court. Instead, Republicans helped oust a reliably conservative vote from their ranks. Representative Bill Johnson recently announced he's leaving Congress and now McCarthy is joining him. How much can get done with a one seat majority? Thanks to Kevin McCarthy, we have no choice but to hope that Mike Johnson can hold things together. Next, we have another example of the idiocy of transgender sports, but first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on, that way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's look at transgender sports, where those on the left say that a man can actually become a woman just by saying so, just by thinking really hard. And then these men, according to the left, should be allowed to compete against women and women's sports, even though men have inherent physical advantages. It's like common sense is completely thrown out the window To advance this radical ideology and what you end up with is mediocre men winning women's competitions and cheating women out of wins podiums prize money scholarships and the recognition they deserve a glaring example occurred this weekend when male cyclists competed in the women's division and not only took first place but second place as well the real female winner could get no higher than third place and had to share the podium with the two men according to the new york post The guy who won the race goes by the name Tessa Johnson, and he previously competed in men's categories at Clemson University, but of course, didn't start picking up wins until he started to compete in the women's division. It's just outrageous, but it continues because governing athletic bodies cave to the radical left, and in their notion of fairness, they create a completely unfair and sometimes dangerous environment for women, real women. And then you have the guys themselves think there's nothing strange or unfair about this at all. That somehow they are winning simply because they try harder, because they think they are women too. Here are some
1: comments made by another transgender cycling champion, Veronica Ivey. So like this idea that like, oh, you're not a biological woman. Well, I am a woman. That's a fact. I am female. So all my identity records, my racing license, my medical records, all say female. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm pretty sure I'm made of biological stuff. So I'm a biological female Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Uh, no, you're not. You're a guy and will always be a guy. In this particular case, he's a guy that just loves to win women's cycling races. And on top of that, He adds that all of this controversy is just ginned up
1: by fragile, heterosexual white women. So this question of do trans women have an advantage over cis women, we don't know. Um, In fact, there's basically no published research on this question. However, uh, there's good reason to think that there isn't, because who gets singled out for scrutiny is based on white women's conceptions of femininity and that's being weaponized against trans people too. So it's a fear of protecting the fragile, weak, cis white woman from the rest of us.
0: Just outrageous. And I'm not sure why whiteness was brought into the comments at all, except for maybe the fact that the left will inject race, in particular anti-white comments, into just about everything. Former NCAA swimmer and women's rights advocate, Riley Gaines, blasted this latest cycling farce, posting, Two men take first and second at the Illinois State Cyclocross Championships yesterday. USA Cycling has two categories for men and none for women. Any woman who concedes and doesn't compete, I will personally pay them the prize money they're missing out on. Stop participating in this farce. Gaines is right on, and this whole issue would come to an end if the women would say enough is enough and stop competing. These are mediocre men with serious issues and they are being allowed to replace women due to the pressure from the left. We can exert even greater pressure if people will stop bowing down to wokeness and stand up for common sense. Women's sports are for women. It's not rocket science. If female athletes will stand together and fight for fairness by boycotting these events, the entire scenario will change very, very quickly. Next, let's talk about FBI Director Christopher Wray's stunning Senate testimony because more and more information keeps coming out, which shows that America's top law enforcement agency has been taken over by left-wing activists and has been weaponized against conservatives, religious Americans, constitutionalists, Trump supporters, and basically anyone who stands in the way of transparency, freedom, liberty, and patriotism. One example is an FBI internal memo, which has surfaced and describes efforts to target Catholics as potential domestic terrorists. Now, as a Catholic and someone who is about to finish my master's degree in theology, I just have to wonder how many FBI lists am I on? Oh, I also think Trump did a fantastic job as president. Oops, I guess I'm on that list now too. Now, during testimony on Capitol Hill, Republican Senator Josh Hawley laid into Ray over the contents of this memo, and Ray was left stammering and stunned. How many other parishes around the country have priests or choir directors been approached? By the way, are are Catholic choirs now? Are are they are they breeding grounds for domestic terrorism? Is this is this your latest theory? How many other parishes have FBI agents approached, priests and choir
1: directors, to ask about parishioners? Look, Senator, we do not and will not conduct investigations based on anybody's exercise of their constitutional. You have religion. done so,
0: and your memo explicitly asks for it. Ray claims that Catholics weren't targeted. Or that no one is targeted for exercising constitutionally protected rights. Oh, like the right of free assembly to, say, walk around the Capitol. Or in this case, to exercise your religion. Holly was having none of it, especially since this uncovered memo clearly shows that Ray is lying. Your memo labels traditional Catholics as racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists in need of investigation. You have a list of churches, a list in the memo. You've repeatedly said we don't target churches, we don't list churches. They're listed in the memo. So how many other parishes have you gone to to talk to choir directors, for heaven's sake? As I've said- so know the answer to that question?
1: <laughs> no, I don't know the answer to that question.
0: Holly wasn't the only one to put Ray on the defensive. Republican Senator John Kennedy, who has a black belt in roasting leftists and big government swamp creatures, asked Ray about censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story, how the FBI knew the laptop was real and yet contributed to the censoring of a real news story that we know would have changed the outcome of the election.
1: But so, you're the you. FBI. You're not part of the White House and part of Homeland Security. You're not supposed to be political. You see all this controversy going on. Why didn't the
0: FBI said, time out, folks, we're not getting in the middle of this, but the laptop's real.
1: Again, we have to be very careful about what we can say, especially in the middle of uh, an election season. With all this censoring going on, the
0: deliberate interference with a US presidential election, the FBI had a responsibility to do the right thing, and it didn't. And now through the Catholic memo and other actions, we see the weaponization of government like we've never seen before. Ray needs to go. And when someone does come in to drain the swamp, and that person, say Trump, needs to start with the FBI. Next, here's some rapid fire headlines from around the country. And we'll start with the fact that now we're in December, we're in Christmas season, and that should mean happiness and cheer for all, right? Well, not if you're in Canada, and part of the Canadian Human Rights Commission. As reported by the Post Millennial, the commission claims in a recent paper that Christianity is essentially a form of discrimination. As one Canadian member of parliament put it, according to the Canadian Human Rights Commission, the simple celebration of Christmas, the tree, the family, the music, the gifts, is systemic racism. I wonder if good old Santa Claus is racist. I wonder if snow has become racist. Good questions. But we all know that the radical leftists will answer, Yes. Next, one of the star witnesses to give testimony to the bogus January 6th committee is now changing our story. As reported by Just the News, former Trump White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson recently submitted a 15-page document containing changes to her official sworn statements in front of the committee. According to Just the News, legal experts said the errata sheets for congressional witnesses are common, but usually are limited to technical or typographical errors. The experts who reviewed Hutchinson's errata sheet said it appears to make material changes to her stories. Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz told Justin News that, quote, these aren't corrections. They constitute entirely new testimony that should be subjected to cross-examination, end quote. And finally, federal judge struck down the Biden administration's effort to ban adults between the ages of 18 and 20 from buying handguns. It was reported by the Gateway Pundit Judge Thomas Clee ruled in the case of Stephen Robert Brown and Benjamin Weekly, who were banned from buying guns under the administration's edict. The ruling said that the plaintiff's conduct, which is the purchase of handguns, falls within the Second Amendment's unqualified command, and the challenged statutes and regulations are not consistent with the nation's historic tradition of firearm regulation. So, at least in this case, the Constitution prevails. Friends, That's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's One Sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The One Sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.